Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, and you're very welcome back to Shattered Lives. I'm Kieran Bradley. The murder trial of Jerry the Monk Hutch has resumed for another week in Dublin's Special Criminal Court. Mr Hutch is accused of the murder of David Byrne at the Regency Hotel in February 2016. It is a charge that he denies. Being tried alongside Mr Hutch are two men, Jason Bonney and Paul Murphy. The state alleges that Messrs Murphy and Bonney provided vehicles for the Regency murder. Both men deny the charges against them. To bring us up to date with the goings-on is our man in court, Chief Reporter for the Irish Daily Star, Paul Healy. Paul, how are you keeping? How's it going, Kieran? Not three bad, as they say. I have to apologise in advance to both yourself and the listeners because my voice is on its very last legs. I have to admit, I was at the uh, the Shattered Lives derby that was the Mancunian derby on uh, on Saturday and in, uh, in in shouting at Michael O'Toole's ilk, I have uh, <laughs> I've left it on the table. So, um, but Paul, back onto matters that actually matter. Uh, you were in court once again today. Uh, you might just bring us up to date with what's been happening. Yeah, so we're in the eleventh week of the trial now, um, and uh, you know, like everything, you you start off uh, the day kind of wondering what's going to come up next because there's been developments here and there. Uh, out of nowhere and yet again uh, matters have fallen from the sky is the way it was put today uh, there was another curious development allegedly um so just to discuss this briefly again the the, the previous week last week the so-called curious development uh, was mentioned in court although it wasn't said exactly what it was uh, but there were subsequently reports in relation to somebody coming forward a prisoner coming forward and confessing to his uh involvement alleged involvement in the regency shooting um so that was a matter that was dealt with and it it wasn't it's something that has to have at this stage been dealt by by the court but it was mentioned again today in tandem with another so-called curious development so i'll deal with that first so uh, prosecuting counsel sean galan said that there had been a another um development uh, in which a email had been sent to uh, an email address connected to the central criminal court i think to a registrar of the central criminal court but it was addressed to this court the special criminal court it's we don't know what's in this email and what it says um but it's something that's of interest and it has been brought to the attention of the defense as well but we don't know what it is and it again wasn't it wasn't said in court what it is uh, and I don't know what it is either at this point in time um, so the, uh, Miss Justice Tara Burns actually referenced the previous curiosity and said admitted that uh, she now knows what that is she called it a surprise we now know what that surprise is 
uh, she said that uh, we, we couldn't avoid hearing about it over the weekend. Um, now, I think that's interesting. I, I mean, I don't know how Miss Justice Tara Burns and the other two judges heard about it. Um, and I wouldn't want to speculate, but I would point out that there were me- mm-hmm. media reports, uh, including ourselves, about this uh, alleged confession from a prisoner uh, to his involvement in the Regency mm-hmm. Hotel. It wasn't said in court, and it still hasn't been said in court. Uh, but Miss Justice Tara Burns uh, said that she's now aware of it and couldn't help but uh, have found out about it uh, over the course of the weekend. Um, so I just thought that was interesting and worth noting. Uh, but we moved on today. Uh, again, this new curious development was not referred to and it wasn't said what it was. And we have no idea whether it'll impact the trial at all. But I, I, I'm getting the sense that it won't because uh, Brendan, Gre- mm. Brendan Grehan defending for Mr. Hutch uh, said that, uh, indicated that it wasn't a matter of concern. Um, so maybe it's something again, uh, like the other thing that might have to be looked at externally outside of the case uh, by Angard Shiakana might not have anything uh, to do with this particular case at all. And I might just ask, I realise obviously that we've had these two instances now and you, you mentioned last week that the the first curiosity in this curiosity shop was uh, was not likely to undermine the case in any sense. You may not know this, but is there anything that through the course of a criminal trial can stop it from happening you know like has there been outside interference in sort of any recent irish cases to your mind whether something similar has happened or i mean it may may well be the case that it's not no and i'll be careful how to i mean sure something could happen that could collapse a trial for sure yeah but i mean nothing of that we're not getting any indication where that's something of this nature i mean if we recall the case of uh patrick hutch jr who was accused of uh, the murder of David Byrne, and that was a special criminal court trial. A, a matter did happen externally of that case that completely resulted in the collapse of that case, which was um, the, the tragic death of Superintendent Colin Fox, who was leading the investigation. Uh, and, w- and with his passing, um, the case couldn't proceed, and a null prosecutor was entered, and, and the case uh, didn't proceed, didn't go ahead. And Patrick Hutch Jr. was released from prison where he was on remand for nearly two years i believe um so that was something that happened externally but that was something extraordinary and very uh, tragic uh, tragic obviously and happened externally this we don't know what this is um and it, it's nothing on that level of severity obviously because we we'd already know about it yeah um but it but it's it, look i'm being careful because I, I don't you know it's still a trial i know we, we have freedom to talk about it but i don't know what this information or curiosity as they've called it is so i i, I wouldn't want to speculate further than that no speculation but actually that that leads us somewhat nicely on uh with the mention of uh mr hutch jr so uh, yeah. i believe his his name was a real focus today yeah well I, I, this possibly was the most for for us maybe interesting thing to discuss uh that came out of today um in that we got a little bit more information about the the incident in which Patrick Hutch Jr. was shot in the leg uh, in a so-called punishment shooting. I just think this is really interesting that uh, something like this happened in the modern day. I suppose like you've heard of kneecapping, you know, with the IRA and that. Um, but it's unusual for us to hear of anything like this happening in south of the border in gangland where a person is shot in the leg as a punishment. Um, but this is what happened to Patrick Hutch Jr. And it's because uh, in Marbella in Spain in 2014, I think, uh, 
the boxer Jamie Moore was shot. Uh, now he survived that, uh, but it was an attempt on Daniel Kinahan. Uh, it was supposed to be an attempt on Daniel Kinahan, and the Kinahans blamed Gary Hutch and his brother Patrick uh, for that. And it, you know, we've gone over this before, but there was a tentative agreement of two hundred thousand euro to be paid. And then Patrick Hutch Jr. would be shot in the leg as punishment and Gary Hutch would be dealt with as well in some way. But the sides were trying to come to some sort of agreement rather than all out war. Of course, we know what happened. Um, But uh, Patrick Hutch Jr., the allegation was, and it was reported in the media at the time, and obviously we'd heard it before, this allegation that uh, Daniel Kinahan himself uh, carried out this shooting, uh, that it happened by appointment um, and then Patrick was brought to the hospital and, and never made a complaint. What was of interest today is that we heard from uh, Detective Superintendent David Gallagher. Uh, he was recalled to the stand. So we've heard from him already earlier in the case. Uh, he's a very senior member of Garrett Chiacana uh, with the National Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau uh, and has extensive knowledge of gangland and, and, and both sides. And he has already spoken about his expertise on that. Uh, But today he was recalled to speak about the murder of Gary Hutch, the shooting of Patrick Hutch Jr., murder of Eddie Hutch and the shooting of Jamie Moore uh, and just his knowledge of the background of those incidents. And what was of interest to me um, is that that he said that this investigation into Patrick Hutch Jr.'s shooting is still an open investigation, still something that they are investigating. Uh, despite the fact that Patrick Hutch Jr. refused to cooperate, he said, wouldn't cooperate with Gardy and didn't make any formal complaint. Um, but he said independently of that, they had recovered, I think, a bullet casing from a vehicle. So they were able to independently verify and establish that a shooting had happened. And obviously then uh, Patrick Hutch had a, a gunshot uh, injury, a proven gunshot injury, because he'd gone to the Matter Hospital to be treated in relation to it. So they're still investigating that. I don't know whether Anton will come of it. Uh, but we've heard Jonathan Dowdall say on the witness stand that his understanding was that Daniel Kinahan carried it out. And we've heard, previously reported from sources, certainly Gardy believed that Daniel Kinahan ca- carried out the shooting. So to find out that it's still under investigation, I suppose it's one of a multitude of investigations now that Daniel Kinahan is facing. Uh, we know that he's under active guard investigation for a number of things in connection with, um, for example, an attempt on James Mago Gately's life. There is a connection there, there in relation to Kinahan. He's under investigation for that. And then we know, of course, the, the US, uh, the DEA are investigating Kinahan and there's a reward out from the Treasury Department uh, for information that could lead to Kinahan's prosecution. So this is another thing now that I think we can safely say that, that the Guardi are investigating um still actively investigating i don't know how it's progressing but that was an interesting tidbit that came out uh, of today from a, from the the from the mouth of a very senior garda you know so that's why it's worth noting uh, even though it's got nothing really to do with the case against jerry hutch it's just contextualizing i suppose all of the background to all of this um but you know for <laughs> you know we already heard jonathan dowdall talk about how he, you know, he believed that that incident with Patrick Hutch kind of sparked the Kinahan Hutch feud, and he turned it around. He turned it around and basically tried to say that the Kinahans uh, weren't the ones that started the feud; that it was the Hutches because uh, Gary and Patrick had allegedly conspired uh, in some way to rob and then shoot Daniel Kinahan, and the whole thing was actually started by them. He claimed, 
uh, and that's what started the whole thing. And we know that as a result of the murder of Gary Hutch and a, an attempt on Jerry Hutch, the the Regency incident then happened, and that so so that's important to contextualize all of that, uh, I suppose, in, in in that way. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, absolutely. And just one, just one question um, in relation to the bullet casing that was recovered. Do we know when and where that was recovered? I'm not sure if that's information you can give out. I I, I think there was a vehicle involved and they, they recovered it from a vehicle. Uh, but I, I don't uh, know more detail than that was, was, was said. But... I mean that's obviously significant that you know that it's still an open investigation because you know oftentimes when a person an injured party is not willing to make a complaint that's kind of the end of the matter you know there's some suggestion that they're still willing to progress it to a particular point uh, in the future maybe and also he mentioned the murder of Eddie Hutch so we know that was 3 days after the regency and uh, uh, um detective Gallagher said that no one had been prosecuted in relation to that, but he was asked by Brendan Grehan, uh, did they have suspects? And he said that a number of people had been questioned in relation to it. And and Brendan Grehan asked him, are, are these suspects in the jurisdiction? And uh, he said he would prefer not to say, prefer not to answer that question. Um, oh, look, it's obviously a sensitive... Read into that what you will, really. I mean, you know, yeah. it could be... <laughs> it could it's be a sensitive guard investigate. But I suppose, like, you know, the... The Hutches, much like the Kinnahans, you know, not long after this incident happened, they had people in mind that they believed were responsible in some way. Um, yeah. And they were going after and speaking about people that they thought were involved. We know from the tapes that, that were heard in evidence in this case, um, Jonathan Dowdle and Jerry Hutch speaking about Trevor Byrne, a Kinnahan cartel associate, and about mm-hmm. the possibility of placing a bomb under uh, a place that he was living in in Wexford at the time. And, you know, he was one of a number of individuals that the Hutches blamed, that the Hutch gang blamed uh, for alleged involvement in the murder of Eddie Hutch. And we know that it uh, has been reported that Trevor Byrne was a suspect in relation to that and was spoken to in relation to that. Now, he's serving a prison sentence for another matter. Um but uh, but there were a number of people involved in the murder of Eddie Hutch, and none of them have been uh, brought to justice yet to date. But that's we've heard still an open investigation as well. Mm-hmm. So those those really were the kind of most interesting things about today. The other kind of thing of interest is that we finally got, I suppose, an indication as to when this is going to really wrap up. How soon this is actually going to wrap up? Because it was another short half day today. Um, but the 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 prosecution is effectively done with its witnesses, really. 
We're going to hear a few more tomorrow, but um, it was indicated that uh, Sarah Sked, uh, who's a phone, uh, a Garda who's involved in the analysis of, of phone technical evidence uh, and um, her her evidence can be heard. She can be called to the stand on Thursday. So there's some sort of issue why she can't be called earlier. So Thursday, she will be dealt with. And we've heard that she is likely to be the final witness uh, for the prosecution. So the prosecution will rest its case effectively. Well, they'll have a final argument, but there will be no more witnesses after Thursday. Um, so that that will really be the end of the case. Um, and, and after uh, Sarah Sked's evidence, then we will have those final arguments from the defence and the prosecution, and then that'll be it. So at some point, I'd say next week at this stage, that's it. That'll be the, the final week of the trial. Um, I, it'll probably take the full five days, I'd say, because you've got to hear from uh, Paul Murphy, Jason Bonney's defence counsels, then you've got to hear from Brendan Grehan, and then from uh, Sean Galan as well, the prosecution. So we have to hear from each of those people individually, their final concluding arguments and then who knows because this case has still had spanners thrown in the works even right up to the final two weeks so provided there's no more shockers uh, it'll be it'll be next week when it's all over yeah and just a reminder to everybody when we were speaking to mick last week he was kind of tempering expectations i suppose about when uh when we can likely expect a verdict i mean it, we're, we're looking yeah. at weeks and months potentially rather than uh, hours and days that's a whole other story that's a whole other story. We could be waiting at least three months. Yeah, you know, there's a lot to consider, and the judges come back with a with a considered judgment. It's much more than just a, a verdict, as we've already spoken about. It's not that they just say guilty or not guilty. They have to give mm-hmm. a, a an explanation for their verdict. So that'll take time uh, for them to put together. Um, so so there's a lot. Uh, but but really, in terms of us talking about the day to day of this trial, expect. Uh, certainly by the end of next week it'll be done and dusted yeah okay and uh, any other observations or uh, you know things I, I suppose it's just brief it was it, it briefly interesting just to mention the, uh, the the amount of phone evidence technical evidence there is it's not very easy to kind of live tweet or even put into to uh, uh, copy uh, writing about it but we heard for quite a bit of time today from a senior guard just going through each and every collection of phone data retention records in in relation to different mobile phones that they seized uh, from Patsy Hutch, from Jonathan Dowdall, from Jonathan Dowdall's father and from his wife. Um, and, you know, all of that is central to their case. And also uh, any phone calls that were coming into the Regency Hotel as well. So... It just shows you, I suppose, the size, the scope of the case, like just the amount of material involved. Like it's, it's, we're bringing you highlights oftentimes, but I mean, the, the judges have, the judges have to go through, comb through this, you know, with a fine tooth comb, um, these, all these phone numbers that are attached to these individuals, the phone calls, the text messages, um, you know, and, and it'll be interesting to hear from Sarah Sked because obviously, uh, from her analysis she was at we've already heard a little bit about this but i suppose we'll go into more detail of it on thursday she was able to she was able to determine that dowdall's phone uh, had pinged off a mast uh, in the navin road area when he was alleging he was in whitehall and jerry hutch confessed to him in this park but the, but it also did prove that he was in the whitehall area the day before at a time at a different time of the day um, and dowdall had said that okay well maybe that's when it happened his recollection was that it happened on the Sunday and it was um, earlier in the day. 
but you know all of that all of that is hugely important for for the case um so i mean that's why they need to hear from from her directly as to how uh you know that evidence is is gathered and how they examine it um and i imagine that that'll be interesting you know it'll be interesting to hear a bit more about that we're we're coming we're coming to the end of the trial now um so i i don't expect that we're going to hear a whole lot more evidence thursday will be the interesting day when we hear from Sarah Sked on the phone evidence and, and, and that will be the last real uh, portion of the trial where there's new information coming forward uh, and, and then it'll all be concluding arguments as I said and, and that will be it we'll be done tw- uh, 12, 13, no, 12 weeks exactly 12 weeks that's exactly how long they said this trial would be oh yeah impressive uh, you, you realise people are addicted to your live tweets now so you have to live tweet yourself going to the spa and get a chicken fillet roll <laughs> <laughs> Might be why you do it. Yeah, no, life is much life is much more mundane uh, than than this trial. But like, yeah, now people are fascinated by. It. It's been great to see. You know, people are fascinated even by the more mundane stuff. Even like you know, just the legal process and how it works is fascinating to me. That's why I enjoy covering it. It's fascinating to to other people. I suppose it gives them an insight into how the legal system, the special criminal court, works. Uh, and it really is fascinating. It uh, this trial has been hugely educational. I think. Uh, on that front so yeah I'm I'm always interested as to whether people you know whether they're following something like this they decide you know what I'm gonna go to law school or these kind of things so yeah if you are listeners let us know um but listen Paul uh, again thank you for for your endeavors Uh, we hugely appreciate them and we will speak to you all soon take care thank you